Welcome to Getting Sports with Drunk. I'm your hostess, Cupcake the Riddler, and I'm joined by... Mark. Sheen Washable. Nope. And the Red Baron. Meow. A lot of enthusiasm in there. I liked it. That was good. Yeah. Uh, still still got the, the same three going on. Just... It's been a it's been a rough rough year so far. Just sicknesses. <laughs> Twenty eighteen off to a rough start. That's just sicknesses and just schedule conflicts and Kyle's in Oklahoma, yeah. and so he doesn't even know why he's there. <laughs> I know we we we've got this great trivia show planned for the future, but we we got to get everybody on board for it. That's the problem. It's a show like five weeks in the. I know. Making. I can't. I can't. I can't wait for like all this. Red Baron and I have so much like hope for this show, and it's just gonna suck. I know it. <laughs> It's probably gonna bust. Yeah. Um, so yeah, welcome to we're the. We're also uh, due for a bus show. We haven't had one in like I don't know. Every three show weeks. we do is a bus <laughs> show. That's why they're so great. Um, yeah. So uh, welcome to getting sports with drunk. This is a uh, the final uh, final NFL show of the uh, the 2018, 2017 season. Yeah. Postseason. Postseason. Yep. I'm sure at some point we'll touch on the Super Bowl, but we're not going to do a show about it. There's no need. No. We can only talk about it so much and, and just. It's- Two teams I hate. Well, it's just saturation of the market. Just everybody and their mother's going to be talking about Can't it. Can't wait to start talking XFL. That's yeah. going to be good. Two years from now, though. <laughs> yeah, we'll Tim start Tebow. now. We'll start now. You think Tim Tebow's going to be in it? I hope so. I don't think so. I'll buy his jersey. And my thing is, is like by that time, like you got to think how... like it, it depends on the progress he makes within the Mets organization. I think he's kind of made it as far as he's going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still rooting for him, though. No, you're not. I want to see him, you know, number... September call-up. Is he number 15? Do you know? I'd, I think, I'd, I think I'd he imagine is. he's 15. I hope he has to wear, like, number 87 or something <laughs> like that. Number 87. God. Timothy <laughs> Tebow. God. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so the final NFL show. Starting it's bittersweet. Lineups. Bittersweet. 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 Well, very forgettable NFL year for me. <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, you're going to say that to Mark and I? <laughs> Who are you talking to here? You guys had more wins by like week ten than we had combined. This is not a wins or losses. I just mean everything. Not even just the Steelers. Everything went wrong. <laughs> the Bills finally made it. Never mind. Never mind. I don't want to go on my. What do you mean? The Bills finally made it. That's that sounds like great to me. All right, starting starting lineup. Starting lineup. Mark Sheen. I have from the Stony Creek Brewery here in Brantford, Connecticut. From the experimental IPA series, the Krankenstein. I think it says chiclet number one on the back, on the top of the green and the green strip of the can there. Say chiclet number one. Hatchling. Hatchling number Hatchling. one. Hatchling. That's cool. Yeah, I think that's if they keep doing it, that's a kind of a, a cool thing. Yeah. Now we'll have to I'll have to revamp the Stony Creek taste buds at some point. I, I didn't I didn't care for the beginning lines of their products um, and like the orange juice stuff that since then has come out. But I've heard double ruffled feathers is supposed to be better than sip. Really? That's what I've heard. So we'll have to give it a shot at some point. We'll have to splurge and get a four-pack. Yeah. I know Kendall's the big advocate of sip, but that's not what he has today. What does he have today? From Dogfish Head, wood-aged bitches brew. You heard it right. You heard it right. (laughs) You heard it right here, folks. And Dogfish is in Delaware. Is that correct? It's on the bottle. I know, but I was hoping you were going to confirm it for me. I'm not going to confirm it for you. I think it is. Do your own homework. Come on. It's a stout brewed with honey, by the way. (laughs) I'd like a taste of it uh-huh. before you finish it, by the way. I'd really am curious as to the taste of that beer. And you shall. From Milton, Delaware. I was right. Shot. And then, uh, <laughs> shot. I got an interesting one. Um, a lot of ingredients. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't really, this is going to be so odd. But um, anyway, so this is made from uh, Evil Twin Brewing. It's called DeBozo Beer. 
Um, it is a Imperial Stout malt beverage. So that just says everything right there. But uh, it's you know it's interesting. It's got the, the these two uh, you know collab guys on it, all pixelated. Evil Twin always does really well with their can art. But uh, I'm just gonna read the description of the beer for you. Enjoy this rich, ridiculous, and screwballish Imperial Stout with hints of molasses, lactose, chocolate, almond, hazelnut, vanilla bean, cinnamon, oak spiral, chili, marshmallow, musca- muscovado sugar, and coffee. And it's 17.2%. You pretty much got the whole food pyramid in there. It's a laundry list of ingredients. 17.2%, though. This is like, like 2%. Dinner. This is 2% shy of drinking a pint of Fireball on the show. <laughs> dinner. This is gonna be this is gonna be a rough one. Uh, toast of excellence, Machine. Mine is gonna go out to James Harden for the first ever sixty point triple double. Good friend. Yeah, good friend. Golf clap, golf clap. He played forty six minutes in that game, which is also nuts. <laughs> That's a lot. That is so many. Uh, my toast excellence goes out to Alex Smith, who was traded to the Washington Redskins. I don't actually have the the, the numbers finalized. So nothing can be finalized till March because that's when yeah. the new league starts. But it's pretty much set in stone. I mean, it, it, it was could like, f- what, four years. Well, he signed million. on for the. I think he signed on for the one year. They, that's they'll do that, and then he gets an extension at the end of it. So after this, after next season, he's a four year extension for like ninety something million dollars. Presumably, he's going to play out his career in Washington. Yeah, so. I think I don't know um, the exact details of it, but from what I've heard, I think it's a second round pick and a player. Third round. Third it, round. It moved to a third round pick and a cornerback. I, I can't think of his yeah, name off so the top of my third, head. But it was it was one of those tricky trades because it was like Alex Smith. He he really played well this season, even though the the Chiefs did have kind of a tanking middle of the season. Yeah, but it wasn't on him. It was on the play calling and the defense. So like, he really really pushed his stock through the roof this season. However. You know, so that that's the Chiefs standpoint on it. Like, we want a lot because of this. But then you look at the Redskins standpoint, it's like, well, we're not going to want to give you a lot because he's 33 and he's making, a, you know, what was he making? Like, I think he was making like 17 mil or something like something that. Something like yeah. that. So it's, that's a lot to eat up for an older quarterback for one year. But <laughs> they had no problem turning around and making it more money to give him. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So, Alex Smith. Uh, my toast of excellence is going to go out to Mike Fisher, the former retired Nashville Predator is coming out of retirement to finish the remainder of the season with the Predators. Big fan. And I hate the Predators, so that's saying Did, something. Didn't he, like, just retire? Yeah. Like, this year? Yeah, I think so. That's Jeff Fisher's son, right? No, that's <laughs> not Jeff Fisher's son. So he just wanted... Because he wins. He just wanted, <laughs> wanted an uh, extended off-season, really. An extended <laughs> off-season. Yeah, probably. But, um, good for him. He's a, you know, good yeah. player. And smoking hot wife, Gary Underwood. She needs to start singing some NHL songs. I was also thinking golf clap. <laughs> so, uh, to- toast of excellence to uh, all those in the aforementioned. Oh my! I just I can feel the nostril hairs burning. You know, Red Baron, I put this next to you for a reason. Oh, I didn't notice. I'm sorry. <laughs> you swine! Um, wait, wait, did anybody sip yet? Don't sip. Don't sip. Sip of silence. We have a sip of silence. Um. Some sad news today in the uh, the sporting world. Um, former NBA player, journeyman, but uh, uh, Razul Butler passed away today, early this morning. Um, him and his wife uh, in a Range Rover, one car accident, killing both of them. Very sad. Um, he was a beloved player around the league. Uh, a lot of a lot of condolences and 
thoughts and prayers go out to his family, not only from us, but from the NBA world. Everybody was talking about it. Shaquille O'Neal, Dwayne Wade, these, you know, these are big names that this guy was a part of. Yeah. And it's very sad to see such a good person go in such a terrible way. So Best a sip of silence piece. to Butler. Got a pretty good beer review coming. <laughs> wow. I think the Red Baron is intrigued. Would you like a sip? Yes. All right. I'll give you a sip before you... Uh, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do a trade sip. A trade, trade sip. I don't think Mock's interested in either of these beers. Nope. They look pretty dark. Well, <laughs> yeah. while we're doing this then, Mock Sheen Washable, would you like to take your shot for your shot yeah. trivia from last week? I don't think I've ever wished for the private stock. Wow. Yeah, unfortunately, I really didn't taste much in your beer because there's kind of a lot going on <laughs> yeah. in this one. I mean, that's a much thicker like. Yeah, I got the honey though. I did get some of the honey. Ooh, the Machine fish filling in for Kyle. You know, I was thinking because Solzy and Jmart has have missed so much time. I think next time they're all back, they should each have to chug a half pint of something. <laughs> I would love to see Kyle chug a half pint. I think Kyle couldn't even chug a half pint of water. <laughs> Drown! I gotta take a break. <laughs> well, what if what if what if the three of us chip in because it's more expensive than the nips? What if we each get in one of these and make them funnel a seventeen point two percent beer? Wow! I think Kyle would just pass out. <laughs> <laughs> He'd throw up on his shoes. It's interesting you mentioned we've never funneled on the show before. Well, it's just we can't it, do it over the board. No, 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 it's something we 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 should we should. We've talked about it forever, and we got to start finalizing things. Now that it's getting warmer, we're in the opportune time to do it. We got to get the championship belt. It's got to happen. We got to start having sporting events amongst our fat, out of shape individual <laughs> selves, and to for the championship belt. And then we got to start doing beer Olympic things. I'm all for it. We got to drink these NFL beers. We got to find a <laughs> find a day. Let yeah. them get warm. <laughs> They're already warm. <laughs> warmer. Uh, so yeah. So um, shot trivia. You have your fact. I do. Um. For the Super Bowl mm-hmm. coming up. Um, Wait, that's this week? Yes. <laughs> if you're listening on PPRN, it's tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, a 30-second commercial spot will cost you about $5 million. What is that per second? Oof. God. One second of airtime, what's it going to run you? Hmm. Stop trying to do math. Three hundred bucks. <laughs> three hundred <laughs> bucks. <laughs> he said three hundred bucks. Sorry, that's just that was so good. Is that a real guess? No, I don't think it could be anything close. Um, <laughs> three hundred bucks. How much is it? Thirty seconds. Five million. Wow. Um, I'm gonna say. Hmm. Taking up a lot of time. Well, sixteen. Well, you're wrong. It's three thousand bucks. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's got to be something like ah, oh, god, uh, it's gonna be something like like one hundred and sixty-eight thousand dollars. Wow, one second of airtime, one hundred and sixty-six thousand dollars. I can math. <laughs> yeah, it's not fair. He can math. <laughs> you like drinking? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Kendall, you lose. Good thing we weren't playing prices right rules. Oof. Yeah, that would have been really fun. I wish, like, it's funny. It's one of those things, like, I wish, like, there was, like, a, a whiteboard behind me, and you guys could have seen the route I took in my head to get to that. Kind of like that Zach Galifianakis scene in yeah. The Hangover. <laughs> I just, especially with, once you reach, like, a million, once I hear, like, a million, I try to count back, like, okay, so there's this many so, thousands me, in it. I did. This is, I did it in my head real quick. Make it quick. So it's five million for 30 seconds, right? Okay. So 
One million is a fifth of five million. See, you lost me right there. <laughs> and six seconds is a fifth of 30 seconds. So now we're, you're looking at a million for six seconds. Now you divide that in half, so you're looking at 500,000 for three seconds. And then you just kind of, kind of like in your head, ballpark what's a third of 500,000. Yeah, this isn't getting math drunk. <laughs> <laughs> getting sports with math. <laughs> be an interesting show, though. <laughs> I listen about to that. parallelograms today. <laughs> wonder who our listeners would be. <laughs> <laughs> Same people listening to this show. <laughs> yeah, even less. <laughs> All right. All right. But NFL. <laughs> so the playoffs are wrapped up. Uh, you know, this it's not gonna the format won't be too far different than other end of the quarters and all that type of stuff. Um we gotta give away some some awards for who we think's gonna win certain things. Keep in mind if you're listening to this on the PPRN network. We recorded this before Saturday, so we don't know who won the awards yeah. yet, because those will air on Saturday, um, February 3rd. Just so, our predictions. Yeah, our predictions. So, uh, but before that, road to the Super Bowl. This year's playoffs, I mean... Shaped up a lot better than last year's. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Anything was better than last year's NBA playoffs. <laughs> those were atrocious. Yeah. But, you know, okay, so yeah, go ahead. Uh, wild card. Wild card round. I'll be taking you through your wild card weekend. <laughs> Only uh, so he doesn't have to talk about the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, I just don't want to talk about them. Um, first game kicking off with uh, Titans-Chiefs. Chiefs were home, and that game like summed up the Chiefs' season. They hopped out to a 21-3 lead at halftime. Like, oh, going cruise control. They'll be fine the rest of the game. Here comes Marcus Mariota. Throws a touchdown pass to himself. Which was incredible. And we all watched that together, didn't yeah. we? And uh, Derrick Henry had a monster game, uh, rushed for. I'm going to see if I can get that number up for you real quickly. Marcus Mariota is not that good. I don't, I'll go on record and say it. I don't care. I don't like Russell Wilson, but he's that good. I don't think Marcus Mariota is that good. I think he will be. I, I just don't think he's You know why yet. they won't be? Because they don't have Nate Washington anymore. That's why he <laughs> won't be. But uh, Derrick Henry with 156 yards, and he sealed the game from them, for them in the end. He yeah. That. Was, I wish I could remember. It was the third and... It was like third, third and nine. Third and something nine, like he that. picked it up, bounced it, kind of off tackle, and it's a beautiful run. But Chiefs defense just they couldn't couldn't hold him. Alex Smith had a great day. He threw for two hundred fifty yards, something like that, two touchdowns. Like just you said, not it, enough. It summed up their season. They got off to a hot start, and then the play calling disappeared, and they just that game should be a huge wow factor. And it, kudos, we talked about it earlier. Kudos to the Chiefs for getting rid of Smith's contract because they have Mahomes. Yeah. You know, someone who's not making a whole, whole lot of money. I mean, he's making first-round first, first round money, but, like, nothing compared to what Alex Smith was making. Oh, yeah. And so, go out. They need to sign defense. Because I don't care what anybody says. Eric Berry was a huge part of that defense, and him missing was a big thing. But Eric Berry wasn't going to make that defense tenfold better than it was. At the end of the day, he's a safety. They weren't getting pressure to the quarterback regularly. They were having trouble stopping the run. I mean, I know Eric Berry can run up and stop the run, but... If you do that, now you're taking him out of pass coverage, which they got slaughtered in that all year, too. So like, Eric Berry can't do all of it. So they need they need more help. His presence just not being there, I think, really deflated. No, I agree. They definitely would have played better, but they still. I think they still would yeah, have been a middle, middle-of-the-road defense at best with Eric Berry. They still need a you know another corner. They can use another line. But, you know, Derek Johnson is old. I think he's like 37, 38. They, they got to get younger again. So, yeah. Anyway, enough of that. On to the next one. You know, we could have, if you told me, and I, that was the first, it was the first game we watched that that playoff, and I was stunned. I was stunned watching how that unfolded. Yeah. And when it was over, and it was 22-21 was the final score. If you told me, I was like, nah, no, no way. 
Our next game that night was Falcons Rams, and for me, <laughs> nice. Sorry. That was the game that I thought was gonna be the best game of the weekend. Had a lot of and, pork rinds. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you go for some pork rinds right now. <laughs> Where were we when we ate those? It was a Jeff's. Kyle bought us one. We went to Jeff's one night. And yeah. Kyle bought a bag of them, and they were so bad. I think he wanted to know what pork rinds tasted like. It tastes like Cajun styrofoam. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you ever would eat yeah. those again. All right, anyway, we're <laughs> derailing. But for me, I thought that was going to be like the, the biggest game of that weekend. The Falcons were coming in hot at the end of the year. Uh, Rams kind of figured out what they needed to do. Uh, they were – what am I trying to say here? They they ran away with the, the division in the West. They thought, hey, you know, Seattle might kind of, you know, get a hold of it, but they ran away with it. And it just Jared Goff didn't really didn't show up. They were kind of stale out there. Uh, Falcons were kind of just in cruise control. Uh, the defense for the Rams wasn't really there. Uh, it was that game was a perfect example, and it's kind of how I depicted the Rams postseason going once it, once it realized that this wasn't a fluke for the Rams. This was going to be their season being a great team. They don't have the they don't have the playoff experience. Yeah. they just don't. Yeah. That I mean, the the three biggest names on offense are Jared Goff. Cooper Cup and Todd Gurley. So you're looking at a combined five seasons, right? Todd Gurley's been in the league for two years. This was his third year. Okay, so six years then. Six years. I'll do my private stock. Six years of offense, though, and no playoff experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, and those are the three guys that are running your offense. I mean, I mean, realistically, if the, if the Rams can keep playing the way they did this year, they're going to end up being like that perennial playoff, deep playoff team. If the Rams want to stay in contention, and take advantage because Seattle had a bit of a fluke year, a lot of it due to injury on the defensive side of the ball. But those I mean, aren't going away. What? Chancellor and uh, no, I understand. You no, know, they but, might but, be gone. But, but like they have time to account for it now. I mean, the off season, like it happens in the middle of the season, just next guy up, and if they're not yeah. playing well, it's the next guy up, and it, you know now they have time to look at people, shop agents, all that stuff. But they still have Russell Wilson. You know, the Seahawks are going to go out. They're going to do things. They still have Pete Carroll. They're going to win games next year. If they, they, their big offseason thing should be Sammy Watkins. They need to determine if he's worth it or not. And if he's that, not, they need to figure out a replacement because, as much as I love saying Cooper Cup, he's still too young to be their go to number one all the time. Yeah. They need somebody to draw attention. I mean, that's a team for me that I think moving forward is going to be just fine. Like you said, just inexperienced. And it boils down to the Falcons being that team who was hot and came into not even, can you even say that's the Rams' home field? I mean, it's a shared stadium. They weren't even filling the stands all year. Yeah. So it's just kind of like a, it's an environment that kind of anybody's – they're native to California. That's it. Keep in mind, their coach is, what, 33? 30, like yeah. McVay's young. It, it's just – they're going to get there. It's just growing pains. Yeah. But that was a little bit of disappointment for me. I thought that was going to be the yeah. real good game. Uh, the next day on Sunday, uh, Buffalo went to Jacksonville. Buffalo, uh, everyone was so excited. Uh, they, they finally made it. The, the, the drought was over. A lot and, of – that you couldn't buy tables out of state in Jacksonville. Yeah. You you couldn't if you had an out of state license, you weren't allowed to buy tables. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. So they brought them. People were checking them in in baggage <laughs> claims. And just kind of bills didn't show up. Really uh, neither team did. That game yeah, was horrible. What was the final on that? 12 to 9. 10 3 was the <laughs> was final. It? Oh wow, I was way off. And you know, the, the big question mark all year was uh can Tyrod Taylor do it? Can he nope. win the big game? And no. Nope. He proved that he he couldn't um, 17 of 37. Kirk Cousins can win them big games. <laughs> uh, 17 of 37 with a pick. It just like they weren't moving the ball. Uh, 
McCoy not doing much of anything, you know, 19 carries, 75 yards. And just Jacksonville, the, the defense, they, they, they stopped him. They only scored – Scored three, and I think it was in the second quarter. So I can confirm that right now for the second quarter. And just the the defense, they held them three and outs, three and outs, three and outs. And Bortles had to put together one good drive to give them a touchdown. Bills had an opportunity in the second, I believe. That's when they settled for three. They yeah. drove down, and on three straight plays, and you know whatever the how far out they were, like eight yards out, they throw they threw every time. And you're not gonna be able to throw on that Jacksonville secondary. No. Nah. Especially the, in the red zone. There, there's no separation. Their best bet to score a touchdown was to rush, and they didn't, and they had to settle for three. And it was just a matter of time that Jacksonville was going to – they just needed one more possession yeah. inside the 40, and Buffalo just never found themselves in Jacksonville territory again. Interestingly enough, at the end of the game, Taylor got hurt. So Nathan Peterman came in, and his first – he had threw five picks. But it was fourth and ten, and Nathan Peterman was the guy who picked up the first down on the ground. Yeah. Scrambled. Yeah. Next play, I'm pretty sure he threw a pick. But yeah, uh, he did. It was, but it was. It wasn't like it was like a duck or anything like that. That was. It was a pretty good interception yeah, by the great, defense. I, forget who, I think it was Ramsey that made it. Probably. But it was. It was a pretty good pick. Like it wasn't like, hey, here you go. Like, yeah. That guy's gonna be a joke forever, Peterman. His career. It'll be a great done. trivia question, though. Yeah. Yeah. His career is just over. <laughs> I feel bad for him. I hope he's listening. He comes for you. <laughs> Twitter beef. Yeah. Um. And it just we talk about it all the time. If you're just happy to be there, you're not going to win. And Buffalo, the, they, their their Super Bowl was making it. So, you know, maybe next I don't year. Think Buffalo was happy to be there. I think the fans were so happy to be there. Overtook the team. They should have let the fans play the game. They would have destroyed Jackson. What was interesting with Buffalo this year was, I believe it was their owner early in the season said, "Wins are not important to us this year." They went into it, rebuild, just get through the season, and they were able to make some, you know, a little bit of magic happen. Like the Jets, yeah. The Jets were you know the Jets were a team built for tanking this year, you know, in full rebuild mode, and then they count just ruined yeah, it. Yeah, and if he, yeah, if he didn't get injured, if he didn't get injured, we very well could have been looking at. Honestly, if the Jets had kept winning, there's the entire possibility that we could have been looking at three teams from the AFC East and the yeah and the playoffs. I mean, the Jets beat Buffalo in the regular season. It was that Thursday night game. Yeah, McCown played well. Should say about the AFC. Yeah. <laughs> In a wrapping up wild card weekend, uh, which actually turned out to be probably the best game, was uh, Panthers uh, at Saints. And that was a shootout. Uh, Cam Newton played very well. Drew, Drew, Brees, Drew Brees threw all over the place. And it came down, uh, last possession, I believe, I think uh, Cam Newton ended up throwing the ball and was picked off, I believe. I'm trying to remember now, it's been three weeks. <laughs> but that was probably the best game of the wild card weekend. Well, that was one where he took like the really bad hit, and they thought he had a concussion. And then he came back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's his face? Derek Anderson came in for a play. Yeah, yeah. It was a good game. It was a. Uh, I mean, division. You know, it's not common to see big division rival matchups in the playoffs. So when you do, especially, they usually they shape up pretty well. Yeah, especially wild card round. Because usually it's like someone's a two seed and someone's a right. five, and they meet each other later. But yeah, yeah, wild card weekend. I mean, it was good. We went to we went to Black Hog that weekend. That's oh, that's there. right. That was that day. So it was a good weekend. Came home, took a nap. <laughs> yeah, I was passed off. <laughs> I think I missed like the first like three quarters of that. Whatever the first game was that you said. It was the uh, Titans Chiefs. Yeah, I woke up and I went upstairs. And it was twenty one three. I was like, oh, all right. And then yeah, and then it was twenty two twenty one. I I was like, I'm gonna just lay down for a second. Woke up. When is it? 
with time. So that was wild card weekend. Divisional weekend. Divisional rounds, I mean. Best game of the playoffs in the divisional rounds. Yes. Maybe not for somebody who's not at this table right now, but it was um, the best game. You know, for me, there was two really good games. It was uh, the Saints and the Vikings. That game started off, thought it was going to be horrible. But then the, the Saints definitely made it interesting. Kind of a heartbreaker at the end for them. But Minnesota took advantage. I mean, New Orleans came out super flat. Drew Brees looked horrible. They just did not look good. Um, but the Vikings ended up winning that last second miracle touchdown. First walk-off touchdown in playoff history. Yeah, it, it was incredible. I, I, I don't like that. What? Like walk off's a baseball term. I don't like it used <laughs> in any other sport. That's just what they call it for, for lack of like, time. But the time expiring, just it sounds, I don't know. Yeah. The uh, Jaguars-Steelers game was a lot of fun to watch, unless... You were Kendall or Kyle? Yeah, it was well, a pretty heart, heartbreaking weekend heart, for people at this table. Heartbreaking, but you know, I'm not, I'm not bitter. That was a fun game to watch. It, it was incredible. It I was mean, a fun game. To, if you're a Steelers fan, it was a fun game to watch in the second half. Yeah, first half, not so much. But that too, like Ben, it, he was what the first quarterback to throw five touchdowns in a losing effort in the playoffs. Yeah, and or something that was like the that. the best performance against that Jacksonville secondary all year. Yeah, that whole that whole defense. I mean, we were watching uh, Paul and I watched together and. They threw Ben threw a touchdown pass on multiple fourth downs. Yeah, at least two. It was one of those weird games because you know that. The, sorry, not to interrupt you, but that game, much like we said earlier, that game summed up the Steelers' season because the Steelers all season long their defense came and impressed, and they were a lot better than a lot of people thought they would be. But all sixteen games throughout the season, it was either the offense that was on fire and the defense was flat, or the defense played out of their minds and the offense was flat. And they could never get both on. They could never have both play average. One either played a hundred percent, and the other one played ten percent, or it wasn't. That was it. Well, um, you know, typically when the when the killer bees play well, the Steelers don't lose. You know, and in that game, Roethlisberger four hundred and sixty nine passing yards, five touchdowns. Bell, you know, had sixty seven yards and a touchdown. Antonio Brown. I think he had a receiving touchdown too, though, didn't he? Yeah. Well, it was weird because there was one yes. touchdown he had when Ben lateraled it to him. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. That, that was the thing. Yeah, Bell, 67 yards on the ground and a touchdown, 88 yards on nine receptions and a touchdown. Yeah. Well, great so day So, Bell, him. big day. Antonio Brown, 132 yards on seven catches, two touchdowns. You, Vance you look, McDonald, like, came out of nowhere. You look at those stats, <laughs> like, how did they lose? They just, they just couldn't stop. I mean, Fournette. Fournette was force-fed the ball. 25 carries, 109 yards with three touchdowns. Yeah. He had just as good as a game as he did when just, they faced the first time. Just kept rolling. I mean, in the passing game, Bortles didn't really have to do much. He, he Ball security is what he had that, to do. That's what I mean. Well. You just don't turn the ball over. Fournette was unstoppable. When you run the ball so well, it sets up play action. You saw it all day long. You know, they're so concerned about Fournette that Bortles just could, you know, fake the handoff, and he could throw just a six-yard pass and – the tight end would be wide open. or Well, you look at, I mean, their leading receiver was TJ Yeldon. Three catches for 57 yards. Yeah. That was their leading guy. It was a, it was a very Alex Smith type day. Early Alex Smith. Just yeah. check downs and just be careful with the ball. Then, you know, we had the Patriots-Titans game, which... Did I, do, did I do that? You know, I think anyone who wasn't a Patriots fan went into it super, super hopeful that the Titans would maybe sneak one in. 
Didn't happen. Who it thought that? Didn't happen. They like I said, first. we were hopeful. But yeah, I mean, Mariota, again, didn't play bad. 250 yards with two touchdowns. But they couldn't get anything going on the ground. So, I mean, what, what are you going to do? You can't only throw against New England. They just couldn't couldn't get anything really going. You had the fluke touchdown with Mariota. If that doesn't happen, they, they scored once. You know? Yeah. Brady went out, did Brady things. 330-something yards and what three touchdowns. The running game was there. It's just, they're, they're such a well-oiled machine. I hate them. I hate them so much. I know. <laughs> um, then the last game of the divisional round, which was actually the first game, was the Falcons and the Eagles. Uh, nothing really exciting. I mean, 15 to 10 Eagles. Yeah, low-scoring affair. It was just... Defensive struggles. Yeah, it, it was just a... I don't know, just an... Football game. It, it wasn't anything. Neither quarterback played horrendous yeah. or outstanding. Neither running game was horrendous or outstanding. It was, it was like the deep, first. Oh, it, was just a lot of, it was just a lot of great defensive efforts, plays, hustles, tackles. It was. Those are the kinds of games where, like, people don't. You know, people hate those games now. Those are the games to marvel at because you look at how many games where people miss tackles. Yeah. And it turns you know a, a six yard tight end reception into a sixty seven yard touchdown. Like, it's amazing what can happen to an offense, both offenses able to put up 60 points in a hurry and see what you can do when you just you tackle, you play good defense. What uh, what was kind of unbelievable in that game is that the Eagles fumbled four times, losing two of them, and Atlanta just couldn't capitalize. Yeah. It was just, you know, Julio Jones had a great day, nine catches for 100 yards. It was just, they couldn't get anything going to beat them. But again, another summarization, nine catches for 100 yards, no touchdowns. Exactly. Yeah. One thing I would like to mention, um, I think weather did have something to do with it. You know, Atlanta, they play in the Dome down south. And last year when they won all those games, they, their entire playoffs was through Atlanta. Now they had to go in January, go play in Philadelphia, which is not you know known for being cold, but it's still cold in, in January in Philadelphia. And I think they just kind of were not prepared for the conditions. I get, you're a pro athlete, I get it, but, you know, it happens. Look what happened to Peyton Manning. Yeah. So y'all summed up. That that's it. That was our divisional round. And we were in agreement that that Viking Saints game, best game. That the game was like I said when it first started, I was like, this is horrible. I wanted to see a good game, and the and the Saints looked so bad, they could not move the ball at all. And then the second half started, yeah. and it was just. I remember the riddle that we're, we're like barely paying attention to the end of the game. We're just kind of like chit chatting about I don't even know what. And then he's like, "All right, here's the last throw of the game." I said it too. I was like, "They're gonna throw one more." Pa-. And it was such a horrible pass. <laughs> Case Keenan was just running for his life backwards and just throws a rainbow. Well, that's and the it- thing is, like a lot of people. I think we talked about it when we kind of before when we talked about the the playoff stuff a little bit. Um, Case Keenum. You know, they, they talked about, I forget the guy's name, the one that missed the tackle there for the Saints. I was, I was um, hoping someone here would know it. Jeff yeah. isn't here. I know. It's either yeah. something Williams. Mar- yeah. Marcus? Marcus Williams? Something. But, um, so he missed the tackle, if, you, if you'll call it that, on, on digs there. Um, but if you really think about it, time-wise, Case Keenum threw a t- terrible ball. It was horrible. Because if he... As a safety, this guy was looking for this for Stefan Diggs to catch the ball on the ground, and he was looking to tackle him and keep him in, in bounds. That was the goal. The pass if he was going to be in front of him. If no he kept what. him in bounds, that game was over. 
It was it. The game was over. That, I don't think I don't think Minnesota had any more timeouts at the time. No, there was only four seconds. Yeah, it was over. The game was over. Case Keenum, if he had thrown that ball, if it was a veteran safety that maybe would have played the situation a little differently, you know, like more talent. But Case Keenum throwing that ball up with Stephon Diggs having to leave his feet to go get the ball inbounds. If that was a Charles Woodson, an Eric Berry, Cam Chancellor, he's getting hit in midair and going right to the ground. Yeah. He's never going to even see the outside of the field. And the game's over. Absolutely. So, really, Case Keenum didn't throw the picture-perfect ball. No. It, it was just a it, everything on that play for both sides of the ball went wrong, with the exception of the score at the end. That was it. That was the thing. Like, that final drive, Keenum looked ugly. He threw, it was like two or three, pet where he was running backwards and just threw these high-arcing balls. And I was sitting there, I was like, what is this guy doing? He's throwing prayers. Throwing and prayers I mean, up. And, it, and he, I gotta tell you, they got lucky. Head, right when he caught the ball and then he, he missed the safety, I was in my head, I was just thinking like, oh my God, could you imagine if he tripped at the five-yard line? <laughs> I said the same thing. Like, it was a great heads-up I mean, play by Diggs. It wouldn't have mattered. Nobody was near him. He would have just got back up and got in, right. but... But you think great heads up play by Diggs that he he only was able to see you know oh there's one safety back there someone just dove by so there's no one else there because you think if he tripped like you said if he tripped and gets t- that's it you or think, if he runs out of bounds yeah uh, unaware of the situation you know it, it, most receivers in that situation are probably going to catch tap get out of bounds yeah and it, he it was a good heads up play it was a great play we're going to see if the highlight was, forever yeah if it was on the if the pass was two digs. In, in um in stride, or at least with him on the ground, he would have been able to tap and gotten out of bounds with a second left on the clock. Yeah. But because it was in the air, there was just it, it was score or nothing. It, it, it was a good game though. Championship round. So first game was Patriots Jags. Um, real heartbreaker for. Uh, Jags fans and non-Patriots fans. Yep. But um, it was just, a, it was a frustrating game, not for me, not because the Patriots won. I know it was for Kendall and, and Moxheen over here, the Red Baron, you know, but um, I, I don't hate the Patriots. You know, I mean, I'm tired of the same team winning all the time, but like, they're a good team and nobody's done the right thing to beat them. But anyway, besides the point. Um, well, it's not exactly true. What? Giants beat them twice. But I'm saying like, like in the, <laughs> I, AF, I know, I just in, in the AFC... I mean, since since two thousand and what was the first year they won? 2001? Since two thousand one, what? It, it, since two thousand one, <laughs> I, I just can't. I'm saying, but since two thousand one, the Steelers were better three times, the Colts were better twice, the Broncos were better twice. Yep. I mean, you're looking seven years out of sixteen. Oh, I know, I know. So it's they're, you know, I mean, they're good. But you know, final score was twenty four twenty, and with the exception of the first quarter with a Guskowski field goal, Jacksonville pretty much led the whole game. With the exception of late in the fourth quarter. And really, the story of the game, I mean, Bortles played okay, admirable. He, just shy of 300 yards, one touchdown. Fournette had an average day, 76 yards and a touchdown. Um, the receivers stepped up more so than they did in the game against Buffalo. They had 80 yards from Hearns, 59 from Grant. Lee had some catches. Um, Mercedes Lewis getting his touchdown, which I thought was awesome to see that in the postseason because he's like, what, 100? Um, <laughs> but... Penalties. They just they killed themselves on penalties, and I, I don't. I'm not going to sit here and talk about New England only getting one penalty because we've seen games where teams don't get any penalties. Yeah, it happens. Um, there's always missed calls. There's holding on every play. We've talked about it before. There's a, there's a penalty on every single play, but it it wasn't like 
the Jags were getting called for a bunch of holding calls and New England wasn't. We're talking about New England having no momentum on the final drive of the second quarter. And then you get back-to-back penalties, essentially. You get a unnecessary roughness by Barry Church for 15 yards. And then you get an A.J. Bowie 32-yard pass interference call, which marches them right down the field. You're looking at almost a half a field offense on its own right there. And it marches them right down the field, and you put Tom Brady in the red zone with plenty of time on the clock. What do you expect to happen? So they score a touchdown, and instead of going into the locker room 14-3 or maybe even 17-3, because if they had stopped him the first time before the unnecessary roughness, they probably would have had enough time to get down and get a field goal if they played cautiously. absolutely. But instead of it being 17-3 or even 14-3, it's 14-10. And those are the things you can't do against New England. You can't do those things against Tom Brady because he'll sniff it out and he'll he'll make make you pay. And everything else was looking good, um, but then... Right again, right at the end of the fourth quarter, like poetry as it is in the NFL. Six and a half minutes left, Jalen Ramsey gets a 36-yard pass interference call to march New England right back down the field, and they go ahead, and I believe that was the game. I believe that was the go-ahead touchdown. Jacksonville came back and answered, and then I believe New England scored again. Jacksonville had the ball one more time before the two-minute warning, and they, they made about midfield, and then a very atypical, a very predictable play call. You run twice, and what do you do in third and long? You pass, yeah. and they defend it. Yeah. It's just it's predictable. You're not going to fool Belichick. You're not going to fool Patricia. It's just disgraceful play calling, the, not by the Jacksonville, by, by, by anyone who's ever played New England in 17 years. The Jags, towards the end, even when they still had the lead, they were just overly conservative. They, they weren't doing, you know, not that you should be out there taking risks, but they were show, throwing these quick little screens, and it, it just wasn't working. And you can't just keep giving the Patriots the ball because seven out of ten times the Patriots are going to score points field goal touchdown doesn't matter they're going to score points they're just so efficient and they're good it's horrible I hate it (laughs) I just hate it they are a good team I know that one of the pass interference calls I mean any anyone could argue anything but there was one, I, it may have been the Ramsey one, that was, like, super spotty. Like, it probably shouldn't have been called, but it's the Patriots, like we all say. But it doesn't matter. It's I just, know, I know. It's the postseason. <laughs> Don't do something like that. It's You're right. You're right. You've, are, they, it, you've already given them all the momentum in the world. <laughs> just, it, you're Jalen Ramsey. You have the best cornerback in the world title about to be handed to you after your season. And then you bail out with a pass interference call, even yeah. if it is spotty. No, you're right. You're right. And we're nipping in the bud. I don't care. We, we talked about it on PPRN. These guys can talk about it as well. I'm nipping in the bud right now, this ref fixed game bullshit. <laughs> this is being from the bed now. The, the NFL is not fixed. It, it's funny. I don't think it's fixed either. But it, it, it's just funny that these things always happen to the Patriots. Right. You know, you have the referees celebrating the touchdown. Yeah. Congratulations. I'm sure it happens in other games, but it's well, always... The other thing, too, is like a lot of people don't take into consideration, too, is... NFL officials stick around for a while. They're not players. They don't get concussions. They don't tear their hamstrings, things like that. Um, Tom Brady's one of the oldest around. I mean, this guy's been playing forever. He he knows these refs. You know, like I'm, I'm not saying that like it excuses the ref. Sh- the ref should be able to compose himself on the field. If you're going to go congratulate and celebrate, you know, with your even if you know if they're friends off the field, that's hey, fine. You should compose yourself and do it behind closed exactly. doors. Exactly, but. 
at least five of the head officials are have been around as long as Brady. Has. That's what I'm saying. And so it's like these people they get to know each other. They get to know people. And Tom Brady, you got to think. Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl in 2001, which means that they have been an elite team since that time. Yeah. So how many primetime games have they played? And oh, primetime officials get put on those games. It, like I said, it's just one of those things. There, there's been all the controversy around the Patriots between Spygate, Deflategate, all, all that well, that's tuck thing. rule, all the stuff. I mean, a team that good. The Patriots are that good. It's a shame. And part of it, I think, is brought on by us and I think by them. A team that good should not be covered with a shadow of doubt. And that's kind of it's ESPN. Just what it is. That's what it is. ESPN loves to find ways to shit on the Patriots. And it always because, backfires because on the They face. also love to talk about the Patriots. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's always a- taken with a grain of salt. I mean, all, all they did the whole week leading up to that game was how Brady wasn't going to play. Yeah. I mean, there were literally there were literally headlines on ESPN about Tom Brady's not going to play. Like, how can you say that? You are literally a sports network that runs 24-hour sports coverage, and you're giving false information. Just make it up. They're terrible. We should start doing that. We kind of do. Brady broke his foot. He's out. He's I mean, out. Garrett Bunch of the Lions. Garrett Bunch of the Lions. Bunch of the Lions. We make it up. Yeah, that's true. Brooke Decker. Um, <laughs> and then the other game, the NFC Championship, the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Minnesota Vikings. Dud. Was so thrilled <laughs> with that game. Eagles were awesome. The Eagles were on fire. And, I mean, I'm not going to say Minnesota's defense is overrated. I mean, there are definitely weaknesses that can be exploited. Um, I think that they rode hot all year long, and it doesn't matter how good you are. You you have a, a fall-off at some point. It was a terrible time for them to yeah. have a little – because the thing, too, is, is like they, they talked about in the commentary of the game, and we talked about it. Drew Brees shredded apart that secondary in the second half of that game. So it, it wasn't like this was just out of nowhere. Like, we we have been seeing – we had seen two quarters of this defense giving up a lot of big plays and a lot of points. And Nick Foles came in and, and just did it. And it was it was the Nick Foles show. That guy lit it up, and he played great. And Case Keenum finally shit the bed. Well, that's the thing. Um, I kind of was saying it all season, you know, more or less to myself, but I was waiting for Keenum to be the Rams Keenum, where he looked bad, or the Texans Keenum, where he was bad. And like every week, I'm like, I don't, I don't trust Keenum. And then he proved me yeah. wrong every week. 271 yards, just north of 50% passing, touchdown, two picks, and one of those picks was pretty atrocious. I don't give a flying <laughs> what anybody says. I'm making this noted on the air. This is my rant for the day. On I think this. you've already said it too. Yeah, I think, said last it week. <laughs> I think I said it on PPRN or somewhere. Was it last week? I don't. It know. It was last week's show. Whatever. And then listen to it again. <laughs> Chris Long did not hit his throwing arm. I don't give a shit. He hit his non-throwing hand mid-throwing motion. If Case Keenum's going to argue that that threw off the pass that bad where he threw a duck-ass pick to a wide-open cornerback with nobody else around him, then that's the Case Keenum we know and deserve. Because that's horseshit. If that was Tom Brady in the pocket, if it was Peyton Manning during the regular season, if it was Drew Brees, you know, if it was Kurt Warner, if it was any of these quarterbacks, that would have meant nothing. They would have just looked at him after and went, huh, Yeah. Heads up to Chris Long for getting there. Definitely disrupt the play, but not enough to throw that kind of pick. <laughs> you, Case Keenum. Drives me nuts that they're going to resign. <laughs> In my opinion. Sorry, that's not fact. I'm no, no, I, I actually, I agree with you. Um, they're going to resign him, tag Bridgewater, let Bradford walk. I, why would they tag Bridgewater, though? Because you need to have a backup but, quarterback but, that listen, knows but listen, the system. But listen, listen. What I mean is, why wouldn't they tag? Why would they tag Bridgewater and give him all that money? He's he would get over twenty million dollars as a backup. 
That's how the tag works. They take the three that. highest salaries and take the average. Why would you do that for your backup? Because he knows the system and he can be a starter. So why wouldn't you tag Keenum and then sign Bridgewater? Well, whatever. You, that's what I'm saying. Because well, no, you'd rather sign Keenum than tag Bridgewater. Because if you sign if you sign Bridgewater, you have to give him guaranteed money, and now Bridgewater never plays. Bridgewater gets hurt again, and now you have him, and you have to give him all this money, even if you cut him. The tag's the same way. The tag is fully guaranteed. Yeah, but it's only for one year. If you're if you tag somebody for twenty million dollars for one year, you give them twenty million dollars, and it's over with. But if you sign someone to a three year deal for sixty million dollars and forty five of it's well, guaranteed, don't, don't give them that much. Jeez. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it's just. No, I know. It'll be interesting when we talk about you know free agency and and when you know on, on next week's on NFL next week's uh, no 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 <laughs> we don't have to talk about we'll probably mention the Super Bowl after but then let's not talk about football until it matters yeah, until Kyle like shoves the mock draft down our you throat. know it's funny Kyle texted me recently and he already has a mock draft prepared that's also kind of my fault I told him to write one and we'll post well, it. No, it, it it's it's fine because he's gonna do multiple but it's just it's just, it's just funny we should have Kyle make a mock draft every week until the draft and <laughs> we'll then do it. no but then let's not post them wow it's just very we'll just, just, make him do it. just make him do it then we'll burn him in front of him <laughs> so but yeah great playoffs I, I I felt yeah entertaining I mean even the games that you know were in today's NFL quote-unquote duds Bills Jags uh Falcons Eagles they were still great games they were very it's it this means like, you don't score 60 points I mean, really the big dud of the, the big dud of the playoffs was the NFC championship game just because the Eagles absolutely ran away with yeah. it they shit all over Minnesota's defense and Minnesota's offense got nothing going but at the same time it's entertaining because they embraced the underdog spirit you know they played at home without their star quarterback and they got it done in an impressive fashion indeed indeed and uh we got to see uh Terry Bradshaw, drunk as shit, handing away the NFC Championship <laughs> Award, interviewing people. That guy drinks a lot of scotch, I know it. Oh, yeah. Him and Joe Namath, they get together a lot. <laughs> and they talk about fur coats. And <laughs> oh, that was so funny. What Super Bowl was that? The one? Uh, uh, pa- uh, Broncos, Seahawks. 48, right? Super Bowl 48. Yeah, Broncos, Seahawks, the Seahawks won. He comes out to flip the coin, just like throws it. He's like drunk as shit. It was so funny. There you go. Patriots. But Super Bowl, it's here. But before are the awards. Oh, that's right. Dun 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 dun. Uh, MVP. Who's the MVP? Tom Brady. Todd Gurley. That's funny. I say Antonio Brown. Wow, look at that. Uh, by reasoning, uh, Tom Brady uh, had another great year through forty touchdowns, eight picks, whatever it was, and he played all sixteen games. And he's Tom Brady. <laughs> I like how, and and he's Tom Brady. See, as, as bad as I want it to be Todd Gurley, because I think it, if it's most valuable player, it should be Gurley. But Brady is going to win it, and I hate it. Well, I mean, you can make the argument for, I mean, you think Brian Hoyer would have got that done? I think that Tom Brady is not the most valuable player on the Patriots. Stat-wise, he looks it, but he's not the most valuable player. They can win games without him. We've seen him do it. I guess. We've seen it happen. Gurley this year... Came out hot and sparked that whole offense. Opened doors for Goff. Got got that offense rolling. He was unstoppable all season. I guess. Well, tell us about Brown. <laughs> Listen, he's my MVP in my heart. That was gay. Yeah. Hey, whatever. Shot. He's not even your favorite player on the team. Well, I mean, I, I, I just do love... Um, he's your fourth favorite player on the team. I do love... 
Boswell. Chris Boswell. Alejandro Villanueva. Uh, Richard Berger, when he used to play for us. Shot? Yeah. <laughs> um No, I don't know. I just... It's the same same concept. I mean, MVP year type of deal. I mean, Antonio Brown, the touchdown numbers weren't there. I mean, he was still third overall. I mean, tied with a bunch of people for nine touchdowns, which is, you know, it's impressive when you consider this is a passing offense league now. And, you know, there's how many people on the field at any given game that can catch a touchdown. And when you have Le'Veon Bell, who's pretty much just a glorified receiver out of the backfield, that really takes away from Brown's touches. I mean, well, even uh, Juju. Had a lot of touchdowns right. this year, you and, know. And once Martavis Bryant got his head out of his ass, he started getting the ball more. Eli Rogers was targeted more consistently. Jesse James, had, I think, had his fair share of targets. I mean, so um, Antonio Brown won't win it simply because he didn't play 16 games, which I think is a bunch of horseshit. Because realistically, it should be Carson Wentz. I agree with you. Only if after he got hurt, if the Eagles shit the bed. Before he got hurt, I think he was a shoe in MVP. But if you look at it, he got he went down and they're still going to the Super Bowl. So how how do you call him the most valuable player? But the most valuable player is only based off regular season, not off postseason. But what I mean, like they were still winning games and, and I know the postseason doesn't count, but they're going to the Super Bowl without him. So I I, I still believe, have him as mine. I, I wanted him to as much as I don't like the Eagles, I like Carson Wentz. I wanted him to win it. He was having a great season, but they, they kept winning without him. Hmm. Well, I just think I think in the quarterback position, Brady's numbers just were much better than his because he played a full season. Is that is that correct? Did he finish with more touchdowns and more yards? Who Brady? Then Wentz. Then Wentz. Yeah. So I mean, even that that alone would 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 discount Wentz. Right, but but I'm saying, but, but three games though, he missed three games. So it's I mean, pull up just pull up the stats. You know, passing yards. So you look at passing yards at the end of the season, after all of it, um, Carson Wentz technically finished 19th with 3,300 yards. So, I mean, Brady still would have beat him in yards because Brady had a pretty outstanding rest of the season. The last three games, I think he threw out of his mind for most of them. But for touchdown, for touchdowns, Brady didn't beat him in touchdowns. He still lost to Wentz by a touchdown. The other really? person he threw for more was Wilson. Wow. Wilson threw for 34. Um, my thing is... is I, I disagree with the shitting the bed argument only because you look at the last three games that the Eagles had to play, um, with or without Wentz, they would have sat everybody in the final game anyway, and they got shut out by Dallas. They beat a dis- just terrible Oakland team that did not live up to its expectations. His defense didn't play that great, and they only won by, I think, a touchdown or nine points or something like that. And then the game, the first game they won without Wentz was against the Giants. Hey, they're not that bad. <laughs> Their offense put up 30-plus <laughs> points against the Giants, and if Wentz was there, he would put up 50. So, I mean, I just, in terms of going down, if he had if he had to go down for part of the season, I mean, granted, the, the postseason part sucked of it, but if he had to go down for three games in the season, those were the three games to go down for. So, I don't know. I think it, sh- I think it personally should be Wentz. I hope it's Wentz over Brady. It won't be. I know. He's not even in contention anymore. Really? I'm pretty sure the finals are, I'm pretty sure the final candidates it are just Gurley, Brown, yeah. and, and Brady. Todd Gurley. <laughs> yeah, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley was just consistent. That's the thing. That's the one thing. Brown was consistent in yards, but not touchdowns. I think it was like, I think he only had one touchdown through like week four. I Gurley was consistently have. pouring yeah. on touchdowns. But it's also, it's tough too because it's like the touchdown numbers, they look at total touchdowns and it's, it's skewed because it's like as a running back, you're given more opportunities for touchdowns. Yeah. So yeah. it's like 
you're only, you're splitting carries realistically with pretty much only one other guy unless all your running backs are subpar. Yeah. So or you're the Patriots. I wish we could have seen all subpar. <laughs> I wish they, we could have seen Brown finish this year and see like if it would have been closer, you know, to hey, you know, Brown would be a shoe in for MVP or like, yeah, well, maybe not. Now, I don't oh, know off the top of my head. Has a wide receiver ever won it? Um Jerry Rice may yeah. have won. Did he? Yeah, but other what it with his was over two thousand yard season there. I, it had to have been, but he, I think he's the only one. Yeah, I can't really think of anybody because it's, well, it's a, hard, quarter, it's a th- quarterback every year. Well, it's just it's hard because you got to think about it. If a receiver, if, if a receiver has fourteen touchdowns and two thousand yards, I mean, the quarterback threw for two thousand yards and fourteen yeah. touchdowns plus everything yeah. else. So, yeah, I would like to see Browns. Year round, I don't think he would have led in touchdowns. He still lost by four to Hopkins. Yeah, I, think, I don't think he would have got four touchdowns in three games. I mean, it's possible he's a freak of nature, but um, but I mean, he still won yards by a mile. I mean, he still won yards I think, by over a hundred yards. <laughs> he didn't play the last. And he didn't play the last three games. So I mean, that kind of tells you everything you need to know. Julio Jones played three more games than him and still was up at least a hundred yards short. Yeah. Because Julio Jones produced yards wise all year, he, he had a real weird zone. season. He just didn't, they just they couldn't get it done in the red zone. They just yeah. it was either they played him very well in the red zone or they just didn't have red zone offense really. But I don't know. All right, so who's the offensive player of the year, AFC and NFC? So keep in mind, whoever you picked for MVP can't win, right? Because I'm pretty sure that's not allowed. I think I got into this fight with Kyle once. I, I don't know if it is I'm or not. I'm pretty sure. I mean, granted, most of the knowledge I have of it is coming off of, like, Madden. <laughs> yeah, I don't think if you win MVP, you're not also the, yeah. the league's offensive player of the year or right, whatever. Right. Um, for me, AFC, the first name I'm thinking of is uh, Kareem Hunt. I mean, he looked great all season. Um, well, not Brady? No. Never. I, see, for me, I don't think the offensive player of the year should ever be a quarterback. And that's because the MVP almost seems like exclusively like a quarterback award. Offensive player of the year, I think, should be a skilled position. I understand. Uh, That's just me. I mean, I I think it's going to go to Brady because I picked Brown for MVP. I mean, I do think that's going to be reversed. I think it's going to be Brown who wins offensive player of the year. Yeah, me as well. Not who deserves it. But um, only because, I mean, I understand what you're saying quarterback-wise. but And I understand it wasn't his fault as a player. It was the coaching around him, but Kareem Hunt didn't have that great of a span in the middle of the season. It wasn't yeah. consistent. Brady was consistent throughout his, his season, and he put up big numbers and won games. So, so I think it is. Who do you think it is? Think, so, I think it's Brown. I think it's Brown. What about NFC? NFC? All right, well, Kendall, you go first. Well, I think we're both going to say Gurley. Yeah, I was going to say Gurley. Damn. Um, if I can't say Gurley, then Carson Wentz. You just said quarterbacks can't win the I know. <laughs> you baited me into that. No, um again the first the first name I thought of was Alvin Kamara. Over Mark Ingram? Um yes, only because Kamara had more of like a highlight reel season. Ingram was uh, at least from what I saw was just the ground and pound back. He got yards, but well, Ingram wasn't you know, they, weren't, they weren't pretty. Kamara, I mean, every every game had a highlight reel play. He was just—he was a lot of fun to watch. I think the sleeper in that category could be Adam Thielen from the Vikings. He had a, oh yeah, I didn't even consider had, him. He had very quietly a really big year. He does it every year he plays. <laughs> he always has ten thousand yards and like three touchdowns. Yeah, Stephon Diggs gets all the touchdowns. Thielen—he—he's a he yards machine. Goes and sets him up, sets Diggs up. Yeah. 
uh, rookie of the year. It's pretty much, I think it's just unanimously going to be Kamara. Yeah. I don't yeah. think anybody else can really. No, no, I no. mean, I, I would like to try and make a case for Ingram from the Giants, but now that he can't overtake Kamara. Ingram had a great season, but the thing, it's all the Kamara's, all-purpose yards. Yeah, yeah, and the thing, too, is, is Ingram, not, not that it, it'll take away from what he did, but Ingram's was circumstantial. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Ingram would not have had the year he had if all, all your receivers didn't you know get hurt and die. Um, I, th- I think he still would have been big in the red zone. He did a lot of damage in there. I did too, but most of his damage, red zone or down the field, came after the injuries. Yeah. Though no, I mean, you're he right. wasn't really right. that big of a factor before that. Yeah, it's it's tough to argue. It, it's going to be Kamara. Yeah, and he deserves it. There's there's no argument against him. He. Yeah, the Saints are set great. up pretty at running back for a while now. It's going to be interesting to see what happens if Mark Ingram still wants to play when his contract's up. Be a shame, but that's the way football works. What about a uh, defensive player of the year? Hmm. That's a tough one for me. Why? I just I'm trying to think of like no one had like a record setting you know, like sack year or, or interception year. It was all kind of run of the mill. Um for for AFC, I think I would say Jalen Ramsey. He was pretty he was pretty shut down. I would definitely think it was a Jaguar for the AFC, yeah. but I just don't know. He oh. he was a pretty well. I think defensive player of the year is non conference. Oh, is it bias? I'm pretty sure there's just one defensive player of the year. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I think it's the same type of thing. Like because MVP generally goes to somebody offensive, offensively. I mean, it has gone to a defensive person before, but generally it goes offensively. But I'm pretty sure there's like NFC defensive player of the year, AFC defensive player of the year, and then there's just league defensive player of the year type of thing. Pretty sure. To be honest, I'm not sure. Well, because I'm pretty sure like the candidates this year are Cam Jordan, Aaron Donald, and Calais Campbell, and two of those are NFC, one's AFC. So right. Um, well, Calais Campbell had a great year. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a guy who was kind of in the the background of things. Like you, like you hear the name, like oh wait, that guy used to play. You know, Aaron Donald though. What a season. Yeah, I give it to Aaron Donald. I mean, he he. He had a down season for him last year, and I think injury struck him last year too, and all that. So it was nice to see him come back and anchor the defense. He, he also he held it. He didn't play week one. He held out, showed up, had a real bad week two, and then from then on, unstoppable. Yeah, <laughs> just turned on the gas and never looked back. But, but I don't like that Demarcus Lawrence isn't in the discussion now. For like, I'm just saying, like in terms of league discussion, not our discussion, because that guy was an absolute monster for the Cowboys on defense. He's a free agent. He's going to get paid yeah. very handsomely this offseason, and deservingly so. He had a he had a pretty great year. I mean, without him, teams would have been putting up fifty plus points a, a game on the Cowboys, and he needs to be in discussion. <laughs> he won't win it, but he needs to be in discussion. Fair enough. Okay, so awards are out of the way. Oh, who's coach of the year? Sean McVay. And I don't even think it's close. Um, I'm going to give it to, uh, Doug Marone there in Jacksonville. All right. Maybe it's a little close. <laughs> well, just because, you know, Jacksonville was kind of in the dumpster last year. And Oh yeah. The, Both know. teams were. But McVay is also, you know. Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. Absolutely. I mean, as good as McVay was, I mean, Doug Peterson led him to a one seed. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he coached a better team. And his team's going to the Super Bowl. I mean, I know we said, but the postseason isn't yeah, part of it. But right. his team's going to the Super Bowl, and his team showed up for all the games and the and the playoffs. The Rams didn't. Um, and 
don't know. I just I th- I think it should be Doug Peterson because I mean, really, like realistically, like the Eagles had more business doing what they did this season than the Rams did. But I don't think either of these teams really had any business finishing the season the way they did. Because no. the Eagles finished what they were fourteen and three, thirteen and three, and then and the Rams were. 12 and 5 12 and 4 or no 11 and 5 11 I think. and 5 11 neither neither of those teams had any business finishing with those records I mean when before we, the season started it was it was giant super bowl bound the eagles were looking at a wild card position at best it, and I, really honestly the eagles were on the probably on the outside looking in as a team because I don't think anybody thought the cowboy season was going to go the way it did so when, when, when this remember, guy did remember when we <laughs> predicted our teams or like our winners yeah. i don't think any of us had I, them I, doing as well it's as funny we did. you brought it up because i remember when we did that um i think it was against kyle kyle was telling me they were gonna be horrible they're gonna be and i told don't don't sleep on them they're, they're not gonna be as bad as you think they are Wentz is still coming into his own and and they you know they brought in jeffrey and they're, they're gonna be good for a while which yeah. is not good for me, but <laughs> they're going to be good for a while. I th- I think it's Doug Peterson, though. I mean, no, that's, that's a totally legitimate, you know, candidate. I just feel like at this point, I just feel like, it, yeah, at this point, you can't really give it to Belichick anymore because it's it's Belichick really <laughs> Belichick can really only win Coach of the Year if they go sixteen and out. Anything else that they do is just average for them. It's true. If they went thirteen and three, he'd probably win worst coach of the league. <laughs> Probably would. All right, so Super Bowl talk. Kendall, what do you think? Are you excited? No. I know. Mock, well, not even a little bit. I'm excited. Super well, Bowl rematch. But uh, Yeah, that's right. From uh, 2004. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I, I, well, I just wanted to say something quick. So say it. I predicted the Super Bowl. In our last installation of, remember we did the end of fourth quarter? My Super Bowl mm-hmm. prediction was Eagles-Patriots. So you've been on point with predicting the uh, final things. Well, huh? this comes with a little bit of a... Uh, it was at the end of the season? Because I picked Patriots-Cowboys until that final show that we did when we did the final four weeks. And I picked... This guy just likes talking about himself. Yeah, I'm kind of like really big into myself. <laughs> you can follow me on my other podcast, <laughs> Getting Kendall with Kendall. Getting Kendall with Kendall. Yeah. You just talk about yourself the whole time? Yeah, it's very unpopular. <laughs> How many followers do you have? None. Not even yourself? No, I can't figure out how to follow myself. <laughs> it's it's gonna be interesting. It's I don't know. Like I don't really know what the bigger matchup is gonna be. It, Nick Foles showing up against Patriots defense or stout Eagles defense against New England's offense. For me, it's I feel like it's got to be more on Nick Foles showing up against the the Patriots defense, not because Tom Brady's gonna show up and do what he does or anything like that. It's just it, it's just been proven time and again. It, it doesn't matter what defense you have. It's not going to be good enough to beat Tom Brady. The The key to beating the Patriots, and the, and the Giants did it twice in the Super Bowl, is you have to get pressure on Brady. You have to put him on the ground. If you can start knocking him around, you can beat him. But if he has all day to throw the ball, one of his receivers is getting open every single time. You have to get pressure to him. Yeah. Well, the problem is, too, though, is like there, in most circumstances that would work, but the Patriots have been a lot better as of late at having 100-yard rushers. Absolutely. So even if you get to Brady, all it takes is a draw play, and now you've got a wide-open gap for your running back. Whoever they decide to start in the Super Bowl, one of 80. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Gronk. Yeah. Could you imagine? It's just that the, I mean, that, that was how the Giants were able to beat them. Both You get pressure on Brady. you got to put him on the ground. Well, that's anytime you beat Brady. you got to prepare. And the teams drive me nuts. 
They try to come up with a new system that's going to beat New England. It doesn't work. It you're, doesn't work. You're not, not going to outsmart them. You're not going to outsmart Belichick. You're just not. You get. You got to stick to what you know and just get to Brady. The AFC makes me sick. Ugh. <laughs> Why the AFC? Because there's been so many opportunities to beat New England. What about the, what about the whole league? Well, I mean, I mean, five other teams. I think five teams had the opportunity to beat New England when it counted. Right. Well, and the thing is, too, Atlanta makes me sick. That that Super Bowl makes me sick. Seattle Super Bowl makes me absolutely sick. But I blame it on the AFC because you know they're the ones who play them in you know two to three games before the Super Bowl. So, have they ever finished in a wild card spot with Brady? No, I don't think so. Never, never, ever. The only Trust year I remember them not winning the division was the Matt Castle season. <laughs> and they still went ten and six. Eleven and five. Eleven and five. And they every year they win the division. I don't think they've ever had a wild card. Nope, never. That was the only year they missed the playoffs, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, did they make it in two thousand one or two thousand? I mean, um, you know, I, I can't. Brady's rookie year because he came in relatively close to the beginning of the year, right? Did Bledsoe go down early or late? I think it was late. It, it was late. Oh. I think it was. I don't. No, I don't remember. Get sports with drunk. I'm. <laughs> I'm out. Uh, score predictions. Zero to two. Whoa! No, I made my prediction five to two. <laughs> I'd like a meteorite to take out the entire stadium. <laughs> I don't know. Like every time I try and think of who I think is going to win, like I get mad at myself every time. Like oh, I think the Eagles might win, and I'm like, no, I don't want that. But I don't want the Patriots to win. Like it's it's an internal struggle. But um, I think the Patriots are going to win, twenty one seventeen. Okay. Uh, New England wins thirty four seventeen. Steal my number. I don't have a prediction for winner, but the final score is going to be 27 to 25. <laughs> I like that. 27 to 25, and whoever has the ball last on the losing effort blows a fourth down trying to get in field goal range to win the game. I like that. It's going to be 27 to, trying to math in my head real quick. It's going to be 27 to 17. A team's in, the, the Whatever team loses is going to score a touchdown late, go for two, get it, hold the other team on offense, get the ball back, blow it going for the field goal. I like that. Before we do beer reviews, just one fact that is interesting. We're not even close to done yet. I still have something else to talk about. What else do you have to talk about? Well, no, you finish yours. I'm just saying we're not done yet. All right. Anytime, listen, you know, J-Mar, J-Mar, when you listen to this, you're going to like this. Anytime the New Orleans Saints make the playoffs since 2008, the NFC team has won the Super Bowl. Really? Wow. Yep. So the Saints made super, uh, the playoffs this year. So it's. What uh, are the other examples? The 2008 they won, right? Hold on. Let me get the thing up for you right now. It was the 2008 they won, right? Because then they made it, and that's the year they beat the Colts. Uh, that was 2000. Yeah, it was 2009. Okay. I, I just don't know the other years they've made the, the playoffs. Okay. Uh, so the Saints made it in 2009, and they won. In 2010, uh, they made it. The Packers won. In 2011, they made it. The Giants won. In 2013, they made it. The Seahawks won. And this year would okay. this would be the next year. All right, that's interesting. It's interesting little piece of information. Thank you, Red Baron. Here, hey, no problem. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, most amusing player award. Some getting sports with drunk some drunkies for the NFL. Uh, who's the most? Who's the most amusing player for you this season? Juju Smith-Schuster. That is mine also. <laughs> he mine's, was hilarious. Mine's Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster was hilarious with the touchdown celebrations, but there's just... 
Jalen Ramsey is he's he reminds me a lot of Andre Johnson, just a real shit talker, <laughs> and just stirs up the pot just with everybody. Um, most savage moment of the NFL season. Junkie for most savage moment. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead with Chain Snatch Part Two. <laughs> That's a good one. That's probably mine as well. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. Um, uh, what was oh uh, dumbest penalty, Junkie. Mine goes to Marcus Peters for throwing the flag into the crowd <laughs> against the Jets. Yeah, that was hilarious. And then he walked off the field. Well, he yeah. thought he was ejected, <laughs> which rightfully so. I would probably assume I was ejected too. I was. Yeah, I, he was pretty heated. So. Kendall, do you have another one, or is it you just going to copy no, mine? I, well, that was a good one. I, you guys are very original. Well, I didn't know this was coming. Well, there was that. There was also, um, was that the same game? Oh, no, that was, it was Chiefs-Raiders, when everyone was trying to fight Marcus Peters, and Marshawn Lynch was fighting Raiders for Marcus Peters. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and he, he hit the ref that game. I'm pretty pushed the ref. That was when he got suspended. Also, also another contention, uh, Rob Gronkowski's hit on the Bills. Oh, that was uh, so bad. On the ground, that was horrible. just dove down on top of him. Um, then he appeals it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is, but come on. If you're gonna tell me if you were an athlete, you wouldn't appeal any fine. He was appealing his suspension. But, like, but this is what I'm saying. you wouldn't appeal it. I'm sorry. If I watched myself do that, I'd be like, how do you appeal it? What do you? Oh, I, that was an accident. Uh, <laughs> I'd appeal it. I'd appeal everything. You're already suspended. What are they gonna do? They can't suspend you for appealing it. I'd appeal everything. What should happen is if you appeal and lose, the fine doubles. doubles. <laughs> Six weeks. <laughs> well, that's not the fine. That's the suspension. The suspension. Uh, either way. I don't know. That's ridiculous. That's kind of nuts. <laughs> Josh Gordon wouldn't be playing for like 80 years. Josh Gordon would never play again. <laughs> uh, drunkie for best comeback player of the year? Josh Gordon. That That's yours? Yeah. All right. That's fair. He came out of nowhere. Well, no. He came out of rehab. <laughs> Where was it? Machine. Um... Man, I, I wish I was more prepared for this. I'm That's to, the fun of it. I'm trying to run through fast. Um, comeback player of the year. Josh Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> is that who you really said? Well, but see, Josh Gordon is good because he's a guy who was basically, I didn't think he was going to play again. Realistically, it's probably Gronkowski. I mean, he didn't play much last year, and he came back and was just back to being his dominant self. I will say that Gronkowski played essentially uninjured all year and yeah that's, that's all i'm saying all right that's fair who's yours paul oh i don't have one. Oh, <laughs> yeah no no mine is um mine's probably gonna be justin houston got injured a lot last year had a pretty good year either him or uh uh keekly so keekly missed a lot of his time last year with concussions everywhere favorite player this season Drunk you for favorite player of the season? Uh, Josh McCown. <laughs> uh, we know Josh McCown is kind of being unsuccessful. That's how it is. Sorry, Josh. I like you, but you're not really known for being good. And you played good for the Jets. Made him a contender, sort of. Um, For me, my, fav- sort of. <laughs> my favorite player this year. Uh, I was going to say Carson once I know it. <laughs> no, no, no. I know it. Um, Just wait for it. I think it was Kareem Hunt. Blech. I really do. I mean, I really liked watching him play. It didn't. It, it definitely helped that he was on my fantasy team, but I, I did. I liked watching Hunt play a lot. It was cool to watch him play live. Um, I think he was my favorite player this year. Mine was Case Keenum. This is a preemptive. Oh no, okay. So Mine was Golden Tate. <laughs> 
guy's so good. I want him so bad. <laughs> um, and then the last drunkie, uh, drunkie for favorite celebration. Uh, I like the the Chiefs to the potato sack race, right? Yep. Yeah, I think that was my favorite. Okay. I like the layup line. <laughs> layup line was good. Um, I mean, as a whole, if we were to do best teams celebrations, the pa- I think the, the Patriots, the, the Steelers win. Um, yeah. They had a lot of good ones. But a lot of people are going to forget this one. So I'm going to go ahead and say it for mine. Everybody thinks end zone. But nobody wants to think about Oakland's first home game when Marshawn Lynch went absolutely <laughs> ham on the sideline <laughs> just dancing yeah that by far greatest celebration that is just somebody who loves being alive we talked he, about it last show he just loves being alive he just loves being around football and he loves his mom i'd like to change my favorite player to marshawn lynch <laughs> well it goes without saying he's got to be your favorite player I, I i know i said it last i want him to end up being some form of announcer so bad yeah so bad okay one last question then we'll do our beer reviews plugs all that stuff um the political nonsense um you guys should have a general sense, right, of who's becoming a free agent this offseason. More or less. Who is one player you would really like to see your team sign in free agency? Hmm. Now, keep in mind, like, don't think of this as an owner where you got to think salary and contract lengths, all that bullshit. Just a player that you think would really help your team. Now, you know, like, star players can be obviously included, you know, but, but you know, I mean, like, I'm not saying, like, you know, like, like if Luke Keekley was available, like don't say Luke Keekley. Like we know Luke Keekley's gonna help your team. But um the the first name I thought of is it it's Nate Solder, right? From the Patriots. The offensive line. I, I have a feeling that the Giants gotta beef up the offensive line. I mean, I would take any offensive lineman from the Patriots. They're they're proven they can protect. They haven't changed in forty years. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're all great. I I would I think the Giants should bring in Solder. Right, Baron? Yeah. So the Steelers' defensive crutch was Ryan Shazier. With him gone, you know, the, obviously the team felt sorry for themselves the way they played. Uh, but I need we need a fast linebacker. Not a blitzing linebacker, just somebody. So do you have a name? Unfortunately, I don't. Why not? Because I, I'm trying well, to... I'm going to say mine, and you're going to do some research real quick. Well, can, I, can I come back at a, a later date with no. somebody I want? No, you're going to do the research right now. But the thing is, I, I'm just going to get linebackers who are free agents, but I don't I, I don't know what I want. <laughs> what does that even mean? You want someone like Ryan Chazier. That's who I want. No, but you can't have him. I know. He's dying. He's not dying. <laughs> he, a little bit. Take DeMarcus Lawrence. He's not a linebacker, but he's a good, I, I good a, edge rusher. I need a good coverage linebacker. That's what Chazier was. Yeah, but T.J. Watt will fill that role. James Harrison might be available. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was mean. No, he's not. He won't be. I know. He's still got another he's year. He's playing in New England until they win <laughs> 10 more Super Bowls. Uh, mine is, and it's going to be a lot of money if they do sign him, but I know we're not supposed to talk about that, but mine is Jarvis Landry. You, you've talked about that before. That would be Jarvis Great Landry, I think, is the best fit, best offensive weapon available for the Bears. Mitch Trubisky is still trying to figure things out for himself. And who's better than a receiver that catches 10 targets a game for a total of 49 yards and two touchdowns? You know, exactly what you just said. It popped an idea in my head. I think Landry's going to be like the next generation, almost like a Larry Fitzgerald. He's going to be that next wave of that type he was of receiver. Up to, he was up in the top in touchdowns. He was tied with Antonio Brown for touchdowns for third. And... The guy's just good. He's got good hands. He runs good routes. He's just—he's a good guy. He sticks he, up for his teammates. Yeah, he's he suspended. He's a, he's a great receiver. 
I would love the Bears to have him. I think I think that's what they need. The Bears need to start sacking up and spending some money. They never do. You know, it, it's getting to the point now where offensively, I think Howard's got two more years on his rookie deal. Trubisky's got three. Cohen's got three. You know, there's some offensive linemen you got to, you know, but some of them are young. Cody Whitehair is their center. I think he's got two more years. Offensively, you know, your rookie, you got two rookie tight ends. They've got three years left on their contracts. Zach Miller, you know, much like a Ryan Shazier, we don't know if he's ever going to play again. It's going to take some time to tell. And so you, you've got a lot of these offensive pieces locked up. You've you've already locked up a lot of defensive pieces. The defense is playing great. Get a weapon in there. Get somebody, you know, a rookie is going to be great, but get somebody that Trubisky can throw to now. The way the defense I see is it. playing good enough for the Bears to get, if they can get the offense on track, the Bears can make, waves at wildcard they won't get it i don't think but they can make waves at it and they can ruin a season here's my they can the lions up and that would be awesome here's my thought two and ten for the two and uh, 14 for the bears two and zero against packers that's all (laughs) i want the packers i think their window is closing aaron Rodgers is getting older he's gonna just keep getting hurt don't get when he's there he's great but their, their window's closing the vikings same thing after next season about I agree with you, but disagree with you. Hold on, hold Aaron Rodgers' health is a big part of it. I agree, but Devontae Adams kind of kicked that op- that window wide back open. But Jermichael Finley, <laughs> the Vikings after next season, most of their defensive stars are free agents. They're not going to be able to keep everybody. That defense is going to get dismantled, and if they stick with Keenum, their offense isn't going to be this high powered forever. The Lions are always going to be the Lions. Stafford will play great, but they'll always be that middle of the road team. The Bears' window, I think, is opening, and they're going to have an opportunity to maybe not overtake the division right away, but make strides towards it. The defense I is young. Don't care if we make the playoffs next year. I just want to finish 500. They, they may not next year, but next maybe the year after next. They need I think the weapon, gonna, though. I think they need gonna, to spend absolutely, money. Absolutely. They absolutely. need to spend money on somebody. It, it doesn't work. Offensively, they are terrible at breeding people that don't play running back. End of story. Look at all the quarterbacks that Chicago has drafted over the years. Rex Grossman, I mean, Jim Harbaugh. These are just some of the names, you know. Like there, so many people have played quarterback for the Bears. They're just not good at it. They're not good at receivers. The best thing that they ever did in the draft was Alshon Jeffrey, and then they let him walk. Yeah, and rightfully so. They should have. They shouldn't have paid him all this money because they didn't have an offense to go around him. Why pay someone all this money? Pay the defense. You know, get the defense going. I get that. And I wasn't upset with that. I'm glad he's in the Super Bowl. But they need they need to go out and they need to shop. That's one thing that teams, three out of the f- four teams that are represented at this table every week, the Saints, the, uh, the Steelers, and the Bears don't spend money on free agents. They just don't. And they all they they like to just breed within and accept their failures for what they are, kick them to the curb, and try again. The Giants almost kind of used to be that way until just a couple years ago when they spent a bazillion dollars on their defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember when that was happening. I was like, I've never seen them do this before. Yeah, you know. All right, one last question, and then we'll do our beer reviews. I think we got some time, right? All right. So, uh, what player are you most excited to see in the Super Bowl? For whatever purpose, whether it's just for them being there, uh, for them just, you know, to potential to win a ring, or you're excited because the impact that they can have on the game, and then which person do you really want to see win the ring? Um, 
it's it's tough because I don't want to see other team win. But uh, my answer for both questions, Nick Foles. Okay. Nick Foles was retiring pretty much. He he had enough. Like the Rams just totally broke this man's spirit. But he he came back to Philly to be the backup and just kind of you know I don't know if he came in to help Wentz, but. Now he was able to take the reins because Wentz got hurt. He well, it's like what I talked about with Bridgewater. He shit the bed in L.A. or you know for for the Rams, and so now his his price tag went way down. And now you have the ability to go sign a backup that knows your system. Granted, but, it's a different coach, but he knows the system. It was just a thing where Foles he he was ready to hang it up. He he had enough. The Rams were so dysfunctional. He he wasn't able to do anything when he was with the Chiefs. He was done. And his old coach said, hey, come back. Just be our backup. You know, come help us out. And now he's playing in a Super Bowl. Right back I, here. Uh, for me, uh, Nick Foles, because I like the idea of – Thanks. Uh, well, my reasoning is a little bit different. Uh, I like backup quarterbacks playing in the Super Bowl. It's happened uh, twice, once with the Giants and uh, once with uh, – oh, my God, the second one just escaped from my memory. But anyway, uh, I like the idea when a, a quarterback comes in and is good enough to make – continue the team to the Super Bowl. Uh, but for a player who I really want to win the ring is Alshon Jeffrey. No? No? Really? I thought you would have enjoyed that. Yeah. I just like Alshon Jeffrey. He's a, he's a, he's a good, he's an exciting receiver. I, I like the six foot four, six foot five type guy. Goes up with the ball. I know what you like. <laughs> I can't say it on the microphone. I, I like a tall like. man. Tall. <laughs> um, Long leg. <laughs> <laughs> so, for mine, it's... <laughs> All right. So for mine to win the ring is Chris Long. I like Chris Long a lot. I think he embodies a lot of what his position is about. He's a little undersized, um, but he plays with a lot of heart, much like his father did and his brother does. Um, you know, the Long family is, you know, even though it's only three players, it is a a dynasty of family. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Long has the ability, if he can stay healthy, to be the, one of the best offensive linemen that we've ever seen. Chris Long plays with so much heart. And Howie Long is one of the best defensive ends we've ever seen to ever play football. Um, I know he's already won a ring with the Patriots, but it doesn't really mean anything to me. I'd like to see him win another one. And the guy is just hes just a stand-up guy. I think that guy should win Walter Payton Man of the Year Award because re- regardless of what everybody's doing for charity work, the guy signed a deal with the, with the Philadelphia Eagles and then donated his entire year's salary to the, the city. Yeah. It's a pretty big move. Um, so good for him. Um I'm really happy to see James Harrison in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Sorry, Red Baron. Meow. Meow. I just like James Harrison a lot. I do. I like him a lot. I don't know if you guys saw they do all the the Super Bowl you know press conference stuff. All that crap's going on this week. Did you see the thing where Steve Smith, um, uh, not not the giant Steve Smith. I know that's the first guy you thought of, but um, the the real Steve Smith, did senior. The, did you see the one where he interviewed the? No, f- that he wasn't senior until he went to the Ravens. Everybody started doing that all of a sudden. It drives me nuts. Isn't it Muhammad Sanu Sr., Steve Smith Sr., Devin Terrell Hester Pryor. Sr., Terrell Pryor Sr.? Um, Golden Tate the third. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you see the Steve Smith interview with James Harrison? Did you guys see it? Oh. So you guys have to go out and watch it. The video is worth it more than just me monologuing it. But the, it was Steve Smith talking about, you know, James Harrison talks about how he's one of 12. He's the youngest of 12 siblings. Oh, my God. Yeah. And um, a lot of breeding going on in that family. But... um. He was talking about C. Smith was asking, "How are you going to get all those tickets for the Super Bowl?" And he and James Harrison just responds, and you can imagine James Harrison's. We've seen him in the tunnel at the the, the Steelers games. Um, he just goes, "If they buy them, they can have them." 
<laughs> and it was just like this whole thing. It was so funny. Just the way James Harrison carried himself throughout it. I like James Harrison a lot. Big Cinderella story guy for me. I mean, you know, the guy wasn't always, you know, he, he didn't come out of the gate as what he was. He took him a while to get there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of fun. Now, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you guys know better than me, but has he been playing well with the Patriots? I haven't paid so, enough attention. I think he's record. I don't know what his tackles and stuff are. I could probably pull him up real I know quick. he had a couple sacks in his first well, game. Yeah, his first game against the Jets. Granted, it was kind of a throwaway game. I think it was the last game of the season. He finished the season with like three sacks. and He didn't play. Well, he didn't really play for the Steelers, but he had two sacks and a forced fumble against the Jets Yeah, in his final game of the season. Um, and let's see. I can pull it up now. So against the Titans... I would imagine, you know, I don't really know how much he's playing. That's the problem because he is old, but they needed linebacker help. Yeah. He, um, he, he's playing like, let's say if TJ Watt wasn't playing as well, he, he was playing as often as he would have for the Steelers like last year. So against the Titans, James Harrison recorded, recorded three tackles, and it says here a pass deflection, probably a drop pass, you know, in the midst of a tackle type of deal. And then... Against the Jaguars, he was able to record. Um, let's see, James. He had three three more tackles and a, a QB hit. So I mean, he's not. You know, New England. I don't really. You know, I don't know. When I think of New England, I don't really think of like a heavy pass rush. So you know, they're probably not utilizing him in the pass rush as much. They're probably like using him more for zone coverages and the flats mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But, um. But what we talked about the Super Bowl, so before we sign off, I've got one Super Bowl statistic to throw up there. Nick Foles versus Tom Brady. All time. Take this for what it is. Nick Foles, one career playoff loss. Tom Brady, nine. Nick Foles, coolest name ever. Tom Brady, basic as f- name. Yeah, he sucks. Nick Foles, starred in Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Tom Brady has never starred in a movie. Nick Foles was once named NFC Player of the Month. Tom Brady has never been named NFC Player of the Month. Nick Foles once threw seven touchdown passes in a game. Tom Brady's only thrown six in a game. Nick Foles kills it on the field. Tom Brady was teammates with a murderer. Uh, Nick Foles is a ripe 29. Tom Brady is 50 years old or something. Nick Foles wears Gucci. Tom Brady wears makeup and Uggs. And then Nick Foles owns a massive pair of balls. Tom Brady deflates balls. So that's just based off of something I've seen off of other sports sites. So you take those stats for what they are, and you use them to determine... It's hard-hitting evidence. ...your own Super Bowl predictions. Uh, I believe Machine Washable has some things you'd like to say. Uh, Yes, take a minute. Listen to our friends over at the Flix X-Raid podcast. Hi, this is Tony, the host of the Flix X-Raid podcast. Each week, I am joined by guests. Hello. Yo. Why, hello there. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hello. And we have a roundtable discussion where we dig deep and x-ray a bunch of our favorite films and some really terrible ones, too. We really like to go back and take a look at films that may be forgotten, maybe in the past, and still lovable films. If you want, you can follow us on all the major platforms, iTunes, Google, Stitcher. If you want to find out more, you can find us online at www.flixxray.com. And you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you want to reach out to us. Good night, Internet. And be sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram at Getting Sports with Drunk. Twitter is GSWD underscore four. Make sure to use the hashtag GSWD for all your daily uses, whether it's drinking 18% beers or wearing Gucci like Nick Foles. Be sure to subscribe on Podbean, where we're still featured. 
and on iTunes. We're on the Lieb Sports Network every morning from 7 to 8 a.m. and the PPRN Radio Network every Sunday from 12 to 1 p.m. Oh, beer reviews. Hit them hard. What do you think of the Krankenstein? I uh, I liked it a lot. Um, Definitely, I, <clears throat> for me, one of their better beers. The can is really cool. A little freaky bird coming out of an egg. I it like looks it. like uh, <laughs> it looks like the chicken from Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius movie. Yeah, that was, that's good. That that's actually pretty spot on. But yeah, um, the Frankenstein highly recommended. Um, you know, not overly hoppy. Nice, nice citrus finish. Four out of five. Ooh, throwing numbers in now. <laughs> I see. My mind was a six out of <laughs> six. No, hold on. Uh, so four to five. Would that mean that you would give it an eight out of ten? Yes. Okay. I like the ten scale better. All right. Because five is like, like, it's like four out of five is like, you're only given five numbers to choose from. So four out of five is pretty high. You know, like four out of five. But eight out of ten is like, oh, wow, this is, you know, this is pretty, this is above average. You know, know, it's amazing that we're like 30 something shows in, like posting now, and we've never done the number, (laughs) the number rating (laughs) scale. Do it in my head every show. (laughs) Red Baron, you're. Well, I had from Dogfish Head, Wood Aged Bitches Brew. You heard that right. It is a, it it is Wood Aged Bitches Brew from Dogfish. (laughs) Uh, like how you look at the microphone every time it says bitches. Bitches, bro. <laughs> I just wanted to know what I'm saying. It's not witches. It's not anything like that. It's, it's what? Bitches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. It is a stout. And much like the ruler, I'm a stout fan. It's stout is brewed with honey. So if you're a stout fan, I highly recommend it. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. That's not a number for a highly recommended beer. Well, anything <laughs> over five is highly recommended. Yeah, you're talking to the guy that would drink any beer given to him. Yeah, anything I'm, in the I'm world. I'm a pretty stingy guy. The guy, once, remember the guy once traded whatever beer he had for a Modelo Chilada. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is true. But it was only because if I didn't do that, everyone would have complained. It's, it's a no, it was because you were afraid the beer was going to get dumped out. Well... Be that as it may, just sometimes your your beer sometimes is not going to be good, especially what we do. You're experimenting with a lot of stuff. Just sack up and drink your beer. Everybody's going to complain about it on the show. And the funny thing is, is we're recording live from the uh, the basement of the Red Baron, and uh, our our chief editor Rita uh, tried to very gingerly walk down the stairs, but she's very heavy footed and hurt every step she took. Um, so beer review. The Bozo beer, for those of you who don't know me, as I get more intoxicated, I get louder. Um, I feel I've gotten much louder as the show's gone on. <laughs> 17.2% hit me pretty good. Um, I'm feeling pretty nice. Also took a pretty good couple slugs out of the, the private stock here. Um, It was so good. It was so good. I think, Machine, you're going to have to try a sip after the show. Just one sip. I know you won't care for the stout features, but the flavor is phenomenal. I can't even describe it. All these ingredients combined to make a really unique let me take a sip let me get, hold on yeah man so you, you get the coffee at the end you get a little bit of heat from the chilies nothing crazy just a little heat um most of most of all the the harshness really comes from you know having enough booze to kill a small cow um but all the flavors they kind of just mellow in together i'd probably give this I'd probably give it a 9.6. Wow. I would say that this beer is, in terms of quality and taste, I would say it's on par with Bourbon County. Well, if you're giving it a 9.6, that's basically one of the best beers you've ever had. Yeah, it is. It's very good. Well, I wouldn't recommend two of them. Unless you're driving, then have two. So you're saying that's a 4.8 out of 5? No. <laughs> if it was out of 5, it'd be a 5. <laughs> you give it a 9.6. <laughs> yeah. 
What I'm saying is, his Mark's numbers didn't like add up yeah. to like, how yeah. high. No, four point eight plus four point eight is nine point six. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no, it isn't. Yeah, it is. That's why you're drinking the shot next week, and I'm not. It's four point twenty six. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot you have to carry the f- you. Um, that's right. Thank you for listening. Uh, you don't hopefully, have to hear this bitch about we have NFL. A full show next week. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to hear this bitch about NFL anymore for a while. Which honestly, kind of thank God. It's just the NFL is one of the hardest things to talk about because it's everybody does it. I love it. I like watching it. Not really. <laughs> um, quick news, uh, just in case any of you are assholes like us and like to drink really crappy beer. Uh, Red Dog is supposedly being discontinued to so go out and get your 30 packs while you can. What? Buy it, I don't, it hasn't been confirmed. I have to talk to the actual salesman at the liquor store. But from what I heard, it's being the Red Baron got some information from a, a distributor that does not carry the product. <laughs> So Wait, it's not factual. I have to get some. Hard You're going to tell me this for the first time as we're recording, as we're signing off from recording. Oh my god, this is bullshit. Um, I'm going to Total Wine like tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, thanks for listening. Um, Freeze it. <laughs> be sure to uh, listen to all the shows on the PPRN network. Big shout out to Peter Pino. Yeah, of the Peter Pino Radio Network. Download and, the uh, app. Yeah, download the app. Make sure to, like Mock said, listen to us on Podbean. We're featured this week. Today's the, the when you hear this will be the last day of the feature. Well, last day on PPRN. Right, right. Um, we love you. Thank you for listening. And until Subscribe. next time, I'm the. I almost said I'm the. Wow. Ooh. This has been this is rough. <laughs> I'm your host's cupcake, the Riddler. I'm Mock. Sheen Washable. Nope. And I'm the Red Baron. Meow. <laughs> <laughs>